Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. I hope you're doing all okay. Joined with me today, one of the faces of NFL UK, Nat Coombs, joining us, contributors to Sky Sports, The Time Sports, BBC Sports, and of course, the Nat Coombs Show as well. Nat, thank you for joining us today. It's been a remarkable off-season so far, a great free agency, uh, a great draft that we're only just out of, really. And now to the long summer before the season kicks off again in September. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks, Freddie. It has been. I mean, this year, this offseason maybe has been the most frenetic. I can remember for years now, we've been talking about the NFL, how the NFL is getting shrewder and shrewder at making it a 365 league, you know, and stealth uh, moves in terms of when they put free agency, the combine, the draft and all these all these milestones that keep you talking. But it really helps when you have the kind of action and flurry of activity that, that we've seen, uh, I guess, in particular free agency and teams that are just following the, the all-in maneuvers of the of the Rams. I remember we chatted about this on the Super Bowl show, right? It was a question, mm-hmm. inevitable question I was going to ask Osi and, and J-Bell and Efe. Is everyone, it's a copycat league. Is everyone going to do the same thing? And I remember Osi at the time was saying, oh, well, I'm not so sure. I think this is a quite a unique situation or distinctive situation for the Raps. <laughs> and then everyone's piling. Osi's on my show tomorrow. So I'm going to remind them of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'll probably lead with that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's crazy that NFL is one of the only sports in the world where we get all excited about the schedule being released. Like it's it, <laughs> just right, into right. it. Which obviously a big part of that is obviously for us being the, being the UK fans that we are is the international series, which the mm. fixtures were released the other day on the Sunday, October 2nd at the Tottenham Hotspur uh, stadium. They've got two games this year. They've got the Minnesota Vikings against New Orleans Saints. Mm. And on Sunday, October 9th, they have the New York Giants against the Green Bay Packers. Then over to Wembley on Sunday, October 30th. So we've got a couple of week gap this time. So you can save a bit more money because it does get quite hard when they become week on week for, for the yeah, time. But then we've got the Denver Broncos going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about the other ones in Mexico and Munich very soon. Very happy to see the NFL UK back uh, now. And uh, fortunately for two of our hosts, Andrew and Adam, one is a Green Bay Pack fan and one is a New York Giant fan. And we've oh, been suspecting for a while that the Giants and Packers were going to play. But mm. the, the big problem we've had is, well, I say problem, This that's not it's not a problem, but Andrew's wedding is on Sunday, October 2nd. Luckily. Oh, no way. Oh, that's what you thought, So with the whole build-up, we've been sort of joking about what if it is on your wedding day, like, what you know, what were you going to do? But luckily, it's... What was he, what was he going to do? What was his decision going to be? I mean, His decision was... I, I think his decision was <laughs> going to be marry, marry the bride. <laughs> so, a wise then, choice. Then, but he had to think about it. The fact he had to think about it is going to get him in hot water. Like, the moment <laughs> his, his fiance. So what's the name of his fiance? Uh, Sophie. The moment Sophie hears that it's even a question, it's even a consideration, you're you've already lost that one. So I think yeah, yeah, you absolutely uh, made the right call. Are they going to have uh, an NFL theme wedding? Uh, I don't believe so. I believe, again, that's the ball is firmly in Sophie's court for that one. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. won't be the case. However, we said we will see, you know, we'll have a TV on later in the day, you know, during yes. the I'm sure around what 2.30 kickoffs are. That's about... That's what photo taking time, you know. Yeah, exactly. People are already pretty slammed by that point. The um, 
I was best man at a wedding the year that West Ham, or West Ham fan, made the, the FA Cup final, which, uh, <laughs> as uh, as we've established since that point, uh, haven't made a major final since. Uh, and and I saw, I did the right thing, of course, and uh, the, the wedding was actually on the Sunday, right? But um, yeah. we had to travel up there. So I ended up watching that game in a pub full of Liverpool fans. And me and there were actually two best men. We'll go way back to school. Uh, so me, the, the groom and, and the other best man, uh, were, they were, they're not West Ham fans, but they supported West Ham, fan, West Ham for the day. We were the only hammers in there. Uh, and of course, ended in absolute heartbreak. So um, <laughs> that is the a kind of similar memory I've got there. Uh, I think in uh, weighing it all up, I think it's the right call to do and to put the football on. Yeah, around about 2.30, 3 o'clock. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, everybody's a little bit, little bit tipsy by then. They'll get away. But you'll be fine. You'll be able to watch most of it. Of course, that was the that was the Stephen Gerrard thirty mm. yards final. I remember. Oh that very- boy! You see, it's the hope <laughs> that kills you, Freddie. It's the hope that kills you. We were up, we were up twice. We were up two nil in that one. Then we were three two up. Oh, yeah. But you know, the moment it goes to penalty, I think being the the, the trifecta of uh, West Ham, England, and Miami <laughs> being a fan yeah. of those three teams. I mean, God, I couldn't. Have, I, I mean, I love it, but I could make it a luckier combination. I think. Well, again, as we look towards the international series, the Vikings are saying that's going to be a heck of a game. Obviously, mm. Justin Jefferson's going to be at the Tottenham Stadium, um, yeah. as well as the, the, a plethora of great defensive players for the New Orleans Saints, as well as the New York Giants coming over with Daniel Jones in a make-it-or-break-it year. But again, with two yeah. first-round picks in cave on Thibodeau and Evan Neal, we'll get to see showcase Green mm. Packers. Devontae Adamless, but we still will see Aaron Rodgers throwing to... Uh, to such players as Christian Watson, so that should be fun enough. Of course, we got to we go to Wembley, where mm. Buster Wilson in the orange is going to be debuting with the uh, with the Denver Broncos and gets the Jacksonville mm. Jaguars, who we saw last year as well with Trevor Lawrence. It three had really great games this year. Now, um, mm. I, don't, I don't want to put you in the position of going. The last year's games were maybe not as big as maybe the UK fans would have hoped. However, I think that the teams who are coming over this year and also the moves that they've made in free agency, I mean, this is it feels like a lot more exciting year. And has it, it's just been so successful at Tottenham so far. I mean, the stadium yeah. is It is. It, it is terrific. And you do really, if, the, you know, listeners out there that haven't had the opportunity to to get to a game there yet, the, the main distinction I would suggest, which is true and, and, and logical, a logical connection with the the newest stadiums in the US, and I've been lucky enough to you know to do some Super Bowls out there at say Atlanta Stadium or Minnesota Stadium. The acoustics, I think, are, 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 are the, well certainly a big part of the uh, of the difference, um, as well as just the proportions and just the, and therefore the combination of those things and the uh, the overall impact that that has on on the experience. Remember, Osi said actually that after the first one, it, it feels like a playoff atmosphere. That mm. kind of intensity that is engendered by the crowd. Uh, and a combination of those things really helps. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an unbelievable, and it pains me to say it, it's a West Ham <laughs> fan, but I tip my hat to Tottenham. It is an unbelievable um, facility for sure, and I cannot wait. I mean, it's a really interesting game. I'm big on the big on the Saints. I don't know about you, Freddie, but I think they could be. Uh, are we allowed to call the Saints a sleeper pick? I don't know, but I, I feel that they are a team that are quietly going about their business. You say they've picked up some really strong defensive pieces. I think their offense post Peyton is going to be intriguing to watch and better than mm. a lot of people expect. I think James could have a really surprisingly good year. You've got, you know, if 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 everything chimes on 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 that side as well, which it quite conceivably could, you know, look at look at who you know who they've got on that on that depth chart. I think they could be a, a sneaky deep playoff run 
in waiting the saints uh in terms of the giants you're right that's fascinating the the danny dimes is he still is he is anyone still calling him danny dimes can we clarify, <laughs> can we clarify, clarify that but i, I think you know, he's you know, only worth dimes these days now that's the yeah exactly what is that <laughs> oh poor danny i mean I, I like that business from the the when we're going to talk draft in a minute but I, I, like everyone in, in, in the world it seems like what the giants have done in, in the mm. draft but just generally i like the fact that they've backed him for one more season in, in the context of the draft it was slim pickings as we as we all know with the quarterback class the free agency market sure yeah maybe they could go garoppolo maybe baker like that that represent a, a significant enough upgrade given the investment they've already put in to him and i like the fact they're backing him you know this is what the bills did in a roundabout way with josh allen now, i'm not set, suggesting that daniel jones could go on to become the player that josh allen has but it's the principle of giving quarterbacks time to deliver and not assuming or insisting that they're going to be instant or near enough instant successes in the NFL, particularly in an organization like the Giants, you know, terrific organization built on a remarkable history and great success, but they have been stinking the joint out for the, <laughs> for the last few years. Saquon's been injured a lot. I mean, you know, I, uh, what terrible offensive line. I mean, I, I think it's the right play to give him another shot. And I think he could surprise us too. So those are my kind of two collective and individual surprises, early, early surprises of the season. I think it's a win-win situation with Daniel Jones over there for the mm. Giants because he doesn't get off of the fifth year. He doesn't, they don't pick up the fifth year option. He then performs this year to a high level on a prove it sort of year. Then right. they've got a cracking quarterback. And now with the Joe Shearn and uh, Brian Dable over there, that the, mm. the, the Bill scenario that they've been working so hard to create in Buffalo, they're going to bring it to New York. And and if yep. they and if if Daniel Jones doesn't hit that that parameter that they want them to, they go into the draft next year with two very good quarterbacks that they could definitely keep their eye on. So mm. I think it's win win here for the Giants. I think they. They've not been with callbacks like this. You sometimes feel like you get pushed into a corner with it, but mm. I feel like they are well. We're not in a corner because we've got two very feasible options. We don't play well. We've got a target of two two great quarterbacks in the next draft, mm. or we get the diamond out of the coal from Daniel Jones. So mm. it's a win-win there for him with the Saints. James Winston, look, he, he can play. Like there was turnover problems in Tampa. But that Tampa team was very good. It did not change that much when Tom Brady got there. It just showed Tom Brady's class more than anything. The Saints have rode with great defense for a long time. And it gets forgotten about every single mm. year um, how good a defense they have. Right. And they don't change much. They don't have that many coming in and out. Obviously, they've had a huge change recently in Sean Payton and Drew Brees going. And then offensively-wise, Chris Olave, great pick and draft. Like I mm-hmm. said, we'll talk about Jeff in a minute. But we forget two years ago, Michael Thomas was yeah. one of the top receiver in the NFL. Right. And I don't think he's – he's not gone away. He just had a bad injury. If he can come back and play just a fraction of what he played yeah. when he was fully fit, this team's going to be fantastic. And their O-line's always good. They always seem to be able mm-hmm. to craft it together a good O-line. They make good picks. So it's just – they're in a tough division against the Bucs, but outside of that, the Falcons and the Panthers – that mm. they're not tough teams. So I, I would not, um, on the NFC side of it, given how uh, it's very top-heavy and then everybody else, the Saints could really push for a good playoff win there. Um, mm. Then we move on to the, the Munich game, being at the Bayern Munich mm. in Germany, the debut of the German game, the Seattle Seahawks against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on November 13th. Obviously, a lot of people when they heard that, it was like, oh, it, we could have had Russell Wilson and Tom Brady in Munich in the Bayern, in the Allianz Arena. How Who needs that? them when you got Drew Locke, Freddie, to be... Drew, 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 Drew Locke against 
Fox Sports' new signee, Tom Brady. So uh, clearly has an eye on the future mm-hmm. post-NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's great for Germany to go to, you know, our friends over over the continent to, to get a game. Finally, they have been coming here in their droves for years to come and watch games. And they've been really great supporters. I remember in the first games I went to, they were bringing over, you know, under under 14s, the whole team here to come and watch games. And it was really, yeah. you know, a trip obviously to another country, but to make a whole event of it. And I'm really pleased that, you know, that Munich has got this in the Allianz Arena. We've seen it on t- television, obviously, Bayern Munich and the countless uh, finals and everything that they've been in. So I, I can imagine that's going to be a fantastic game there now. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Well said. It, it is a terrific fan base over there. And yeah, I've been uh, fortunate enough to meet quite a lot of the 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 German NFL fans when they've come over to to Wembley or Spurs or Twickenham, of course, back uh, back mm. a few years ago. So it's only right, I think, that they have a game given that fan base. I mean, London is has proved to be a very important gateway for certainly Europe. It might be overreaching mm. to say the rest of the world, though. I do think there's some credence in that as well because it was uh, the blueprint i guess for certainly amongst the a key part of the blueprint um for the nfl being comfortable with playing more and more games internationally and i you know i hear a lot i'm sure you do on on your show from british fans dotted around the country who are frustrated that the games are always in london and i get that as well and then might be thinking well hang on a minute three in london again and now one in germany and what about you know, insert city here. And and I get that too. And I think what I would say to those fans is the more that the NFL comes over and is spread internationally and the more actually that games are held in Germany, uh, in different parts of the world, the better chances that they will be able to hold a game in Glasgow or in Manchester or, you know, wherever mm-hmm. it might be, because it just continues to embed this principle of we're comfortable doing this. And that was always the problem with NFL, with the NFL, um, making the decision to to take games over you've got to sell it to the owners and you got to get the right owners on board and everything's got to feel as fluent and as cohesive and uh, enough as much continuity as as as, as possible otherwise I think well, why the hell would i go and do this even if it's going to make me a few bucks so mm. uh I, I think it's a good thing all around cannot wait but as i say most important of all drew lock <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna wear my lock jersey listeners to my show will know particularly the edge show that uh we are drew lock fans uh we're definitely going to be getting some interviews lined up with lock um I almost hope he is third on the depth chart by that point. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm hoping. He's what, what, ba- Baker, Gino, Drew. Yeah. Would that be Baker, Gino, team? Drew? Uh, it's a bit like sometimes when you some Super Bowls. Well, I guess you know a lot of Super Bowls you have a good player access, but some of the events like things like opening night. Opening nights are crazy, increasingly crazy, and out you know you get the you know the the brady's of this world kind of the big podiums they're just mobbed everyone wants to talk to them you can maybe able to sneak in a question they're gonna works down there's some big names gronk could be there for net you know the big names would be in the mix i'm just riffing on the bucks here but you know insert insert whichever but you know players the, the big stars then you've got all the other players that are just milling around that that's a free-for-all and they're in this kind of scrum mm-hmm. and everyone piles up that is just mad to watch, particularly if you collar like the long snapper or, or, the, <laughs> or the third string quarterback and just often you get the best interviews with them as well. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah, you baffle them, they're thinking, why the hell is this crew talking to me? So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm going to play the play the whole Drew Lock uh, Drew Lock situation in Germany. 
<laughs> sounds like sounds like the long game. If you sow the yes. seeds now, that you then need exactly. to share flowers by November, right? So exactly. We've got Propo, uh, Ollie the producer, working on it now. That's his number one. Well, TikTok's his number one priority. We're still not on TikTok, but his number one <laughs> priority is is working on uh, the Drew Lock interview in in October or well, November. Smash November, yeah, right, November. Smashing. Well, hopefully, he doesn't get started stage fright if it ever does come around. And then obviously, <laughs> we got, uh, yeah. got the Mexico City games, well, San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals, which. You know, geologically wise, it's only across the border from America. That's going to be a fantastic game as well. Mm. San Francisco it always tends to be a California team that plays there just for the connection with Mexico. So that I'm sure will be a fantastic game as well. But we'll gloss over that. Seems as that that is still over the far over the water from us as well. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft. It only happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, Trayvon Walker going to number one pick Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, like I said, over the games that are coming over, we're going to see a lot of the first rounders. Um, perform at Wembley and at Tottenham and I mean what a night Nat I mean we it, it it felt like beforehand the draft was this there's no great star in this draft they're they're mm. all pretty there's some great players but there's, we kept saying depth like de mm. depth depth is written all over this draft and then this draft became one of the most exciting drafts in the in the most recent history with the movement the trades I mean, Marquis, Marquis Hollywood Brown being traded, mm -hmm. AJ Brown being traded as well. Teams moving mm -hmm. up and board, players falling, players rising. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Walker being the number one pick with only about two weeks before the draft was about right. to happen. It was really heavily rumoured he'd go maybe in top 10. I mean, what not? For you, Nat, obviously, you, you watched the whole thing, stayed up. But, like, did you were you just as excited as all of us do you find even though you do these things as a you know as a presenter and it's obviously your job and everything like that and you, you do detailed articles and you're very much involved in the nfl world do you take them moments sometimes while watching these to appreciate be sort of a fan and be just mesmerized by it and going oh god i can't believe this is happening and texting friends and stuff like that yeah you know it's a great point the um uh, it's something I really try and do a lot, particularly particularly with the London games and uh, and you know and, and things like this, obviously the Super Bowl, and it's easier said than done. But I, it's something that I have taught myself to do is to take a moment, usually, you know, like about an hour into the broadcast, because a lot of the heavy lifting for those shows is, is done at the, at the top. You know, the, the mm. pregame, the build up. Once you're up and running, I mean, it's it. NFL unlike football, you know, which I've done a, a fair bit of in, in my time and obviously basketball, latterly I'm doing quite a lot of, uh, that that's a little bit more structured because it is, you know, exactly the bits you're doing on the show. But the NFL, particularly on the BBC, is coming back in vision all the time when there's commercial breaks. And he's got to, so you've got to kind of have your wits about, you can't exhale too much. But uh, I always try about an hour in to do that, just to just stop and look around mm -hmm. and look and see who I'm working with, look out all the fans, look at the, look, just soak up the fact we've got another game in London as a fan, let alone I am privileged enough to be, be involved with the broadcast and to be doing it. And it's important to do that. There's an American comedian, a, a, a writer, podcaster, documentary maker called Adam Carolla, who uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners would know, sort of real pioneer on the podcast front. And Corolla is somebody I have a huge amount of, of respect for as an artist. I don't altogether agree with some of his political views, but uh, <laughs> as an artist, I really do. And he make, talks a lot of sense with uh, uh, when he says that he reminds himself when he's out, you know, on the road, say he does quite a lot of live stand up as well. And he's on the road and he's knackered and he's got to get to a gig and, you know, he's got it to the airport and it's half seven. He's tired and he's angsty and he just stops himself and, and says, I used to be a, 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 a struggling, um, you know, nine to five gig, hated it. This is what I always wanted. 
So why am I being miserable about this? Suck it up. It's an incredible opportunity. And I think that's something that sticks in my mind a lot, that whenever I get a bit knackered or a bit, you know, remind yourself. So with, with regards to that, absolutely, you know, I uh, try and soak it in. You'll love this though, Freddie. And I'm, you know, I am somebody that is, uh, you know, will wear my heart on my sleeve and, and, and not try too many smoke and mirrors. So the aforementioned basketball gig I've got is with Sky Sports, right? And we had a really, really early start on the Friday. Plus I had to record a pod for our show uh, with the brilliant Ben Isaacs college days guru ben isaacs right so mm. i stayed up as late as i could for the draft I, I was meant to be doing it for radio for talk sport i've done that before over mm. you know the whole night but couldn't for those reasons right i had previous broadcast commitments i had a live show and all kinds of other filming the next day right so uh, so i thought i guess i've got to stay up so and you know so stayed up and stepped about nine or ten picks and then, and then, <laughs> i mean you couldn't make it up and so there, i set obviously i set my alarm at about three, four hours sleep. I wanted to watch everything else, watch it in real time on the app. And I was, as, as it was unfolding in the morning, I was like, oh, you are kidding, you are <laughs> kidding me. You're kidding me. It's like, it, it's almost the equivalent of going to sleep uh, just before Will Smith bowled on stage and hit Chris Rock. If you watch the Oscars, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to bed. It's boring. It's all, all one better for you. A friend of mine went, uh, a friend of mine slept and another friend on the same night went home at halftime for the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. I kid you not, and, and apologies if listeners who who uh, maybe listen to my show have heard me tell the story a million times. I was at that game, uh, and I saw a family of four, all in so mum, dad, kids, all in Brady jerseys, leaving about three minutes oh, into the third quarter, <laughs> and getting out of that stadium. Like it's not as if, I, I mean, I like to look at the glass half full there and think. They're watching it obviously on their phones or keeping an eye on it on social media. Like, oh my god! And they found a bar. They found somewhere, you know. But mm. I just have this horrible feeling that that they didn't and they missed it all. They got back to the hotel and yeah, what, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> the Vetti's got the amount of traffic and things like that. Or oh, maybe even my... in America, people just drive home. They don't care about the long drives, don't they? Sometimes. And yeah, imagine exactly. they're, they're trying to back go to home. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh boy! The kids Brilliant. will never forgive them. Never forgive them for no. that. Not at all. Forget it's, embarrassing photos and stuff like that on your 18th birthday. Being told that you got taken away at half time. Of, oh, It's good, wretched. Obviously, when we talk about draft, the, the your Miami Dolphins mm. for once didn't have first round pick, second round pick, seventy five picks, yeah, early <laughs> pick. And because, but you know, you can't be angry about that because you gave away all your picks for yeah. Tyreek Neal, the cheater. You gave away five draft picks, gave me. Huge contract alongside that as well. Yeah. But a little bit, just a moment on your Miami Dolphins. How, how happy were, were you with the Tyreek trade? I mean, that is, mm. it's a fantastic signing with all the movement of wide receivers, the wide receiver Merrow go around, but we've had this mm. offseason. As well as the other signs you've had, Sony Michelle in the last few days, um, yeah. Armstead, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. Mm. Seems to be a bit of a running theme of running backs here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, going to run the ball quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, yeah. how are you feeling about your Dolphins after the whole of the offseason? Well, we needed to we needed to up uh, we need to re up the ground game. Obviously, it was it was it was a massive weakness. I love the faith that's being shown in um, in Tua. I'm a big Tua apologist, and actually to the point earlier on, you know, he hasn't had enough time, and he's been mm. injured, and you know, well, I I still didn't, and I love Flores, and I was gutted when Flores left, and uh, so I say that with this with respect that. 
I didn't agree with the pinch hitting of Fitz in, in Tua's rookie season. Uh, you know, and, and I get in certain situations, you know, Mariotta obviously most most recently when certain Taysom Hill, you know, certain quarterbacks you bring in for I get that, but it just felt more than that. It felt that okay, you can't get this done, kid. We're gonna bring in, you know, we're gonna bring in fairness. Uh, I think that's gonna dent his confidence a little bit. So I I, I think Tua's got a lot to give. I, I clearly the organization feels that way. I, I think you could argue, well, whoever you marry with with Tyreek Hill is going to look good. But <laughs> I, I think it's a statement of serious intent, what they've done with their offense, the fact that they be, believe in him. Uh, and I'm really intrigued, of course, to see this offensive direction, this new direction. As I said, really disappointed that Flores is gone, but really excited about what's going to come next. And friends of mine that are big on the 49ers are just loving that move and mm. what we are looking to do. And I will be happy with that. Of course, like any, any fan, any of your listeners, you want to win it all, but mm. and maybe this is the, the, you know, the West Ham way in me, but I w- would rather, well, I'm going to be careful what I say here. I'd rather <laughs> play well and never win a Super Bowl, but I <laughs> would be very happy with a team that is bubbling around a wildcard spot. If it's playing razzle dazzle stuff and is, you know, in shootouts and turning it on as opposed to an attritional, what are we now? 10 and 8 team, um, 10 or 7 team that um, uh, is, uh, you know, eking in and then going out sort of 24, six to the Titans in the first round. So <laughs> I, I like it. I like what they've done. And, it, and the draft was uh, as a result, almost, almost pointless to me to comment on because everyone loves to pretend there's some kind of sage-like uh, draft <laughs> Nick. And, you know, what I could... Uh, Skylar Thompson is quite a fascinating pick, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, Cameron Good, a round seven backer. You know, you, I, I love the fact that you can you see players all the time that are late-round picks that that roll into a, into a, into a great career. But, come on, <laughs> does anyone really know about most picks in the draft right now? No, I, it's, I, it's I, a, I, a complete lottery. It's a complete lottery. So I, I don't know. I, I I suppose your your question is is a, is a great one. Am I happy that they uh, moved away from draft capital to land players that can do it now? Yeah, I think I am. Considering we've been in the diametric opposite mode for <laughs> for the last uh, God knows how many years. So yeah, I like it. But do you think like because the Dolphins is a good example of this, and it's definitely there's definitely something in the NFL at the minute where we were just saying the college players, it is a lottery. And it is a lottery for their greatness of how high their ceiling can be. But the, the boom or bust, if you want to mm. call it boom or bust, though some people will hate that term, a lot of college players are really good now. Yes. And we're seeing teams sort of turn it quite, turn it all around quite quickly. You don't yeah. think it's a team that's done that. The Lions look like they've got a culture thing going on. The Jets, yeah. if you look at their roster. Loves what they're doing. It's not bad. Do you think it's more now more than ever that there, is, there can be this rotation? We've seen it with the Bengals going to Super Bowl in two years mm. ago, Joe Burrow. Do you do you think when it's a bit of a, it's a big sporting cliche that anyone can win it? Obviously, but is there some truth to that in a way with the NFL with how it can flip for these teams? I think that's a, a terrific point. Absolutely, I, you look at how the game has changed uh, offensively, particularly uh, you know in the last five or so years, you know, for all kinds of, of reasons, but obviously the the adoption of offensive looks that are broader than ever before and play to a certain uh, type of uh, player that perhaps wouldn't have been a starter as a quarterback or, or even a receiver or a success as a, either of those positions, you know, 15, 10 years ago, right? So 
absolutely look at receiver as a position that historically was almost the top, if not the toughest, and one of the toughest to hit the ground running. And you look at how many rookie receivers are having an impact to the degree they are straight away. Quarterbacks, similarly, uh, sure, okay, rookie quarterbacks rarely, rarely does a quarterback have a good rookie season, but the sophomore year and the bounce and how quick that jump is as well. <laughs> Hello, Joe Burrow, right? So, uh, yes, for sure, I think that's a, that's a terrific point. And, and it's interesting on the whole all-in mentality because I, I do think, it's not, it's not like it's anything new, right? This idea of, well, I've got a contending team. I'm going to get X, Y, and Z playing out, draw, you know, give up the future because I think I can, I can win that. It's not as if that suddenly occurred to front offices mm. around the league. And, oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Like uh, I love that opening scene of draft day when um, it's basically the whole of draft day is based on uh, the Seahawks. I think it is saying, what should we do with the number one pick like on the draft <laughs> on the morning of draft day? Uh, so it's, I don't think it's like the penny has dropped uh, per se, but it's fascinating to watch more and more teams rolling the dice there. And mm. you, you, I, I wonder why that is. Is it as simple as it's a copycat league and they had success? I think, I think it's different. I think it's different. I think it's, um, I, I think it's a sense of, do we want to, I always remember the Andy Reid Eagles teams, you know, do you want to be a perennial playoff team? Like, a, you know, Arsene Wenger, Arsenal, latterly, you know, just Champions League, but you never win it. Or do you just want to think, forget 12 years of relative success, I want to mm. just go and get it all now. And if that 12, means, years, of, 12 years are nearly there, we'll yeah. that one time for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that seems to be the shift. Mm. And, you know, I'm not sure Miami. I mean, the flip side of that is what Tennessee have done or allowed to happen, right? That suggests to me that they're very much which I think is a real mistake. I know that I know that AJ Brown wanted a serious dollars and cents, but mm. why wouldn't you give that money to him now? I mean, I just, I, look, I guess the, because they, they drafted the guy, which on the night was, they said, it was our comparison is AJ Brown. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a, yeah, that's true. Trail on bucks will now go for 1700 yards and 27 touchdowns. Yeah, that's what the yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. But no, I know, I know what you mean. I, get, I think that's a really good point with that, where it, it feels like this they hit the destruct button a little bit. But if you're mm. on Tennessee Titans, you're maybe thinking, well, yeah, that, our, our time was now. And yeah. Derrick Henry got really hurt last year. Running backs would tend to get hurt, at least, you know, for, for a good portion of time. Te that tends to repeat itself more yeah. than not. Maybe yeah. they just did as well. Well, this is, you know, we take Malik Willis, we'll start the reset. We've got some mm. good bones in here. We know our coach is great. And we'll just pick ourselves up. I, I think mm. less teams are doing the full reset and now are just sort of clearing the cap space to then build it back up again. Mm. And the, the problem is, again, like I said, with the college players and how good they are, the turnaround can be so quick. You can just be poor sure. for two or three years, be in that top draft bracket in you know, the top 10 picks or whatever. Mm. Pick a couple, get some few stars, get some good draft picks, and then you're, you, you never really went away in, mm. in a way. Um, but like I said, it, but like you said, it's... Is it more fun for five years in the trot, getting to the playoffs and nearly getting there, maybe getting to the championship? I mean, the team that comes to mind is the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. You know, they go to the MC Championship every year, but the last time they won the Super Bowl was, was a while ago now. What, what is better? So, so I think the difference with them is that they, in most of those years, they've been viable contenders. Well, some might argue that they haven't, mm -hmm. you know, their records are deceptive, but they've 
because of Rogers being a viable contender, you wouldn't have been surprised if they made the Super Bowl. But then you get those teams that just kind of eke in. You think you're never, you're not, you're, there's no yeah. chance you'll win. Actually, I think the playoffs last season were perhaps the most wide open in that respect. Like most teams you could have made a case for, uh, you know, from the wild card round. That okay, if you're in this, well, I mean, look, the Bengals are a great example of that. Right? If you make the Super Bowl, would we be surprised? And um, uh, so, but yeah, I do think it's a difference between a team that is uh, really close to getting it done, which is obviously where the Rams felt they were versus maybe the Titans, you know, maybe I'm overstating their credentials as Super Bowl contenders as, and more of a kind of making up the numbers in the playoffs. Yeah, I think, I think that is very fair argument to have, uh, but it's going to be hopefully a very good off rest of the off season. I bet you've got lots going on this summer now, obviously with your basketball stuff uh, and that can show all the stuff you do for us as NFL UK fans. And we do thank you for it. Um, when we talk about NFL UK, you're on the first faces, but we all, as, as UK fans, think of. So we really appreciate all the hard work you put into Make Game Day. So great for us and uh, for all your hard work you've done to, to progress NFL UK uh, over here for years. Oh, thank you, Fred. I really appreciate you saying that and loving the what you guys are doing as well. Keep rolling. Uh, and uh, yeah, look forward to, to catching up with you soon. No, it's all. Thank you very much. And uh, for your franchise tag fans out there, we're going to have more of these sort of mini series, I suppose, throughout the summer as well. Lots of things coming to the franchise tag podcast. More, <laughs> more hosts than ever. Two years ago, it was just me on my own now. And now we suddenly have a team, which I never thought we'd, we'd ever have. But loving that. Loving that. Cool. Yeah, it's good. It's, we've got a really nice, bright future. Obviously, we've got all of next season to look forward to, but we've got a lot going on this summer, so make sure you check us out, and we'll see you all very soon. Take it easy.